Hello, and welcome to A Better Father. I am Levias Thomas, and this is my podcast about being a stay-at-home dad for six years now, re-entering the workforce while going through a divorce. This podcast started because divorce can be hard and sad, especially with a child. Every time someone mentioned divorce in a podcast, a connection was made, and I felt a sense of calm of being less alone in the world. That inspired this podcast. This is a podcast about hope and moving forward. Ultimately, though, it's about giving anyone out there a connection or feeling of not being so alone in the world. I share stories about my daughter going through a divorce, parenting advice. Sometimes it's just rambling in the hope you hear words that make you feel better. This is episode 70 of A Better Father. So you hear a lot of stuff about coding and how important it is and how it's what kids need to be learning today in schools and so I don't agree with how it's going about being caught. I don't agree with all the iPads and Chromebooks and all that stuff that just makes no sense to me in schools. However, I do agree that coding is important. Who knows how important in 10, 15, 20 years. Right now you can make a website off another website. So I wonder how much the actual coding is, but I get the, the part about how it can solve puzzles and bring things together and you know, it's like math. It's just one of those things that if you know it and you're good at it, I am not, then you can use it to help solve other problems or see different puzzles and connections to things if you have that base knowledge, which would have been a really great way for teachers in my time to explain it to me so I understood it better because the way it was presented was in that sarcastic childhood. I'm never going to use math when I get older. Well, maybe not the way you think you are, but again it's a mess so so it is important for me to make sure my daughter knows what coding is can do coding and there's a lot of cool ways to do it without having to sit in in front of an ipad and one of the things we got for her were these little robots called azobots and you use markers to code so you draw a black line and then you do a short blue a short red a short blue and then that makes the the little Azobot robot, like turn around or spin around or change colors. And, and so it's teaching coding through markers and a robot without having to use screens. And then she loves the robot. She named it Roby and plays with it all the time, carries it around with her. And it's all these little pieces that she enjoys. And then you can actually control the robot with your iPhone or iPad if you want. And I let her do that from time to time. But the focus is on not being in front of a screen, not being in front of a device and using this too advance her knowledge of coding the world and seeing how puzzles get solved and how things happen and come together. Really cool find and I'm very glad that I got it. I actually got two of them on sale at Barnes and Noble a while ago and now I use them to uh, volunteer at her school. Um, on Fridays we've been doing coding and the kids love it and every time they get the robot to do something they get so excited and high fives and it's really really neat. So, So it's important to me that this is in my daughter's life and she's able to utilize it and use it. Well, my daughter's story for today was we were at my dad's house two or three weekends ago now and there were plates set up around the table, Halloween plates, and it was a plate, a napkin, a plate, a napkin, a plate, a napkin, and all the way around except one spot. Well, my daughter looks at the table and says to me, there's a break in the code. Or no, she said there's a virus or something like that. Again, smarter than me when it comes to coding at this point. But she points out how there's some, a break in the code. And I'm just looking at it, I'm like, what are you talking about? And she usually says stuff, like she doesn't just randomly say stuff. She likes to play and it seems to all kind of be pertinent or wrap into whatever it is that's happening. There's rarely just like a random thing. 
and I'm looking, trying to figure it out, and I'm just like, this must just be a random kid moment. Then she points down at the table and says, there's a break in the code. Again, if that's what she said, I'm paraphrasing it. And I looked down, and it was plate, napkin, plate, napkin, all the way around, and then it went plate, napkin, no plate, napkin, and that was the break in the code. And that made me so happy as a father, but I... It's just cool that that association is being made and seeing that there was a mistake and how she labeled that mistake as an, oh, it's not missing a plate, blah, blah, blah. And she gave me a look because she knew what she was doing too, which I also appreciate. Like, yeah, go ahead, be smart. Know that you're saying something cool. But she was just like, there's a break in the code. It's kind of this fun, cute, not quite cocky, but fun, cute, semi-cocky thing that she did. And I was very proud of her. Moving on, I will now talk about my divorce thought. So... I had zero clue, like this was just nerve wracking from the start, which I talked about like in the first part of these podcasts, and it just sucks. Just every time I get an email from a lawyer, even if it's benefiting me or a good or just a neutral one, every time I see an email come from the law office, I just get sick to my stomach, like literally just want to puke. We had done a four-way conference, got the parenting agreement back from the soon-to-be ex's lawyer, and the last time I got a parenting agreement from her, it was complete and total crap, and I'm just looking at it like, what is going on? So this one, it took me about a day, day or so to read, because I just like, I can't do this, I don't want to go through this, I don't want to look at this crap, I don't want to blah, and it was just frustrating, because I just like, I can't look at this crap anymore and just have it be nonsense one more time, but I had to read it over, because I have to say whether or not I sign off on it. So... I started reading through it, and I was like, okay, that that's what we agreed on. Oh, okay, that's what we agreed on. Oh, oh, okay, that's what we agreed. And I get through the whole thing. Not only is it fewer pages than the last parenting agreement they sent, but it's everything we agreed to, period, end of story. The only change I tried to make was like a time drop off that actually benefits her and me too, but mainly her. And that was the only thing I said, hey, can we switch this? If not, cool, it doesn't really affect me too badly. I, like I said, it's more of more of a just general nicety but she can say no if she wants to, to be stupid or whatever but anyway and it was just this like oh my gosh this is okay like something i mean we had it all done for four hundred dollars months ago where she actually came out ahead on that one and now we're um you know twelve thousand dollars in the hole and got to that spot but hey that's what she was trying for so whatever and so my thought other than, you know, you have to read your stuff, but it's just keep the focus and, and it sucks. It sucks so bad. Like this person's horrible on every level, just so bad. And like in my head, she's getting worse and worse and worse because I was blocking a lot of stuff and I was like making excuses and just trying to see the person she sold herself as. And then it's like getting less and less. So I've been saying for a while and I again who knows like this is all going to just be over eventually but had she done the divorce back in april of 27 2018 gosh who knows now when she first said she wanted a divorce probably would have destroyed me might not have been anything left because i just i mean she was horrible and it's not bad but just the hit and the impact and the dealing with it blah, blah blah and so then i had time to like process and get through it and now it's like I got to go through everything without having to be alone because I got to continue to have my daughter around and be a good father to her. So, so that's a benefit, but 
it, it, it lasts a lot longer than you think. And even when I was saying something to my dad recently about how much this is costing and stuff, he was like, he got divorced like 15 years ago from his third wife, you know, yeah, I stick into that one a little bit. But uh, he, he was saying how it cost him like $10,000. So like there was no kids involved. And I'm like, oh, so I guess I'm not doing too bad at this point. <laughs> so um, yeah, this is ridiculous and stupid. And uh, But keep your head up. It's one step at a time, one baby step at a time. No pun intended, baby step. But I just, oh my gosh, there's some bad, 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 bad days. And then there's some less bad days. And there's some really good days with my daughter. And so... I wish this were all happening differently. I'm like, I'm okay with it happening. Like, God, she's horrible. But I wish it was all happening differently. And I know she's going to have her perspective and she's making me out to be a bad guy. And this is my fault. And if I had just done what she had said to do, which is a huge issue we have. So I get that this is my perspective. But seriously, I think I'm more right. Anyway, that's all I've got to say about that one right there. So, yeah. So as anybody who listens to this normally and anybody who may just be finding it or randomly finding it or whatever, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I take a lot of it to heart. I like to learn things. I like to absorb this information. Right now I'm listening to a book. Um, Maybe you should talk to someone, which is really good. And it's just sparked a lot of things in my head. But as far as parenting advice goes under the context of this situation, it's going to be about... The words you use and how you say them, and to tell this story or to give this quote-unquote parenting advice, I will tell a story that has affected me my whole life. So, and this is my random story for this podcast also tying into the parenting advice. It's, I remember this very vividly. Nobody's ever going to say I have a good voice. Nobody's ever going to say I can carry a tune. Nobody's ever going to say I can sing well, I don't think. Although I have heard that before, so... I think it was from my second stepmom, my dad's third wife, being really nice to me. And then the other times were just people trying to sleep with me. So, um, (laughs) woohoo. So, I guess if you're willing to lie to me about me having a good singing voice to try to get laid, then I will take that compliment. I could also just be making that up, but I don't think so. So, I remember being in the car and hearing my mom talk to me about not talk to me but say something about how bad my voice was or how I couldn't carry a tune and if I really wanted to like pull that memory out I could probably give a more detailed description of it but it's no fun to do and so I I I remember the time I remember being in the car and I remember the point of hearing like I can't carry a tune that I have no singing voice now that was preferenced by my mother saying the same thing about herself so it wasn't like she was just being mean or cruel it was like oh you can't carry a tune like I can't carry a tune I can't sing And it was that self-deprecating humor that, or acknowledgement, I don't know if humor is the right word, that has been a staple of me my whole life. And, but it stuck with me and it ingrained in me in really big ways. And one of those ways was I was going to a community college. It was a good community college, but they had a tie to the university in the state. And you could get accepted into the theater program of the state college through the community college if the community college gave you a recommendation. And the only way you could get into the theater program of the community college was to do well into the intro theater class, acting class, and then be invited to the theater class. So this is like stepping stones of like getting into the arts and theater. 
something I'd kind of always sort of wanted to do, but not enough to actually do it, which, you know, that's another hallmark and a topic for another time. And I did the acting class, and I was the only one in the class. And this was probably 22 years ago or so, 22, 23 years ago. And I was the only one in my class that time that got an invite to join the theater class. And my response to the teacher was, I can't sing. And her response back to me was, I can teach that. I can't teach the other skills that you have. And the thing I did that set my life on an amazing course and direction where I joined the theater program, got into the state college program, became a stage actor, and oh no, it didn't happen because of my insecurities around my voice. I didn't join or take the offer and instead stayed in retail management. Till fast forward 20 years later, I work a part-time job, try my best to take care of my daughter and get verbally, mentally, and emotionally abused by my soon-to-be ex. So that's fun. Now, as self-pathetic as that just sounded and whatever I was not going for right there. The way that ties into the parenting vice and a piece of this that all comes together is we've had a big arguments between the soon-to-be ex and I about food and stuff. And it's really hard for me because... I don't understand why you wouldn't teach your daughter proper nutrition, why you wouldn't keep her away from things that are bad, corn syrups and dyes and sugar and all this other stuff. Like, yes, it's going to be in stuff because it's in all this stuff or whatever, but to even have a conversation around it with a soon-to-be ex just, just doesn't exist. And it's really hard for me because there's all these things that are tied into food and a lot of things that other people put on it. And there, she, my daughter, is female and identifies as female as of right now. Who knows where she'll take that or go. But as of right now, she identifies as a female. And there are a lot of eating disorders and stuff with females that happens. That happens with a lot of kids or adults or teens. But being a girl, she's more susceptible. And so I'm aware of that. But I don't, I don't get how you wouldn't still teach her because I don't teach her to go on diets. I'm not saying like this, this. It's just you eat healthy, balanced meals across the board and that's just something that's not talked about or allowed to be talked about so the point of that being i'm really aware of the words you use and the influence those words have and how those can set you on a course the rest of your life that can impact choices that you don't even fully realize at the time until you know years of therapy and lots of reflecting during a divorce but also i've been aware of that for a while uh so the parenting advice piece of this is that know the words you're saying and think about the words you're saying and the impact they have. I have tried, I grew up in a very sarcastic household and I've tried very hard not to be sarcastic, not to say little quips to my daughter, not to make little jokes. And that's, that's on me. And it frustrates me when I see other people do her to her too, or like mess with her or whatever, because that's just fun stuff you do with kids. But you don't know how that's going to resonate. You don't know what's going to stick or what piece is going to have long-term impacts on the view of herself or the choices she makes later and and you can't be perfect and I have made little quips or tried to be funny or something and usually end up apologizing because that's on me but it's just this sense of I don't want to put you through through I don't want to risk that the things I'm going to say is going to have that negative impact so I don't want to I definitely don't want my daughter to grow up in a everybody gets a ribbon, everybody gets a trophy type mentality or situation. 
I think it's good when other kids get things and other kids don't, and that's a learning process. But just being aware of how you're saying something or the impact of your words, I think this applies to us as adults too, because when somebody says something horrible, there's still moments I just walk around thinking, like I have to listen to a podcast and stuff at night in my ears going to bed, or else I just start replaying the horrible things my soon-to-be ex has said and done to me over the last six years. And, and again, I'm not perfect, so don't think I'm saying that, but oh God, she's bad. Um, but it's just, it's those things have, you have impact and you have influence on adults, on children. As an adult, you can kind of reason it out. You can push past it or try to, and, or eventually be aware of it, even if you're not in the moment. But with a kid, it's just, it, it sets in. It's you're molding this person into a human being and or you're molding a human being into a person. I don't know which way you'd say that to make it sound more philosophically awesome. But you're just taking this this clay and you're molding it and it's your job to help get this moldable clay up as best you can to be a decent person in the world at the end of the day. Like, I don't, I don't care how much money she makes. I don't care, you know, what job she does. I want her to be happy and I want her to be kind. And that's my, my desire. I could go dark, deeper into that too, but um, but yeah, those words have impact, and you should be aware of that impact, and you should pay attention to that impact, and and that is my parenting advice: is that you don't know what you say is gonna stick, so just be careful what you say. I think that applies to adults and friendships on the whole. All right, so like I said, I have been listening to maybe you should talk to someone. Um, I will link to it in the show notes. It's a book about a therapist who's writing about how she goes and sees a therapist. And it's really good. It's like a 12-hour audio book. I've got seven and a half hours left because I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff too. And uh, But that's what I'm listening to. I'll also link to Ozobots as long as I can remember to do both of those things, trying to get better at this on, in every way. But other than that, we are at the point in the show where I will say thank you for listening to A Better Father. I appreciate your time and hope you take a moment to stop and think about something good in your life. Life can be hard. Life can be a struggle. While some of us have met and some of us have not, know you're not alone. Don't let life dictate when you stand up and when you lie down. I'm also going to say, right before I signed off, because I just remembered this and I want to make sure I'm talking about this stuff, um, I started to watch Modern Love on Amazon Prime and the first episode took me a while to get through because I was like, ah, I don't get it. I didn't know what it was about. I saw uh, the the writer from SNL who did Mean Girls. I can't think of her name right now. From 30 Rock. Totally escaped me for whatever reason. But anyway, I saw her on the cover and I was like, ooh, where is she in this? And then I figured out each episode is like a story from Modern Love in the New York Times or whatever. And then they turned it into like a little half hour, 20 to 30 minute episode. And it's really good. Uh, there was one episode about a girl who was bipolar and dealing with that. And you're just watching it. I don't know if that was a spoiler or not. Sorry. I don't think so. It's kind of obvious that there's stuff going on. But anyway, uh, it just ripped my heart out. Like, oh my gosh. And these are just good. And then there's the one. Liz Lemon is her known name on 30 Rock. Tina Fey. There you go. Anyway, Hers was about her and her husband, like, getting a divorce, and then they decide not to get a divorce, and then it, like, kind of goes 10 years into the future when they're playing tennis and being a good couple to each other, and and it's just, I don't know, it's really good. It's a 
grabs you by the heartstrings and pulls you in. So highly recommend Modern Love on Amazon also. So, all right, that is all I got for right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Better Father. Goodbye.